We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. We are finally here. NBA Finals, oddly enough, in September. But hey, man, COVID's been running roughshod through all of us in 2020. My guest, if you guys heard him a couple weeks ago, very fun conversation, very fun back and forth. My guy, Conrad Hoyt from Culture Hub. Coming through in the clutch. Bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. I'm down three. My guy hits a grand slam. What's good, baby? What's going on, Nick? Happy to be on, man. Happy to talk of some NBA. Dude, finals. Finals. Uh, finally, we're here. Um, I want to start off with how we got here. Obviously, it's been crazy with the big stoppage midseason due to COVID and the coronavirus. That's why we have the finals kicking off in September. Oddly enough, the Heat won on September 27th, right? So yesterday, 
Do you know that's when they signed Jimmy Butler also? I did not know that. That is a very cool uh, stat, if you can call it that. Dude, I just saw it on Twitter. It was a Miami Heat beat writer, and it's like, it's so crazy that obviously the finals are starting when they're starting, but it was to the day that he signed with the Heat. So I want to open this up with you and give me your thoughts first. From a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being a sure thing, 1 being not likely, where did you have the Heat making the finals on your radar? Wow. Okay, that's a good question. So 1 would be I gave it not a chance in hell. Right. And 10 being like sure thing. Yeah. Okay, well... um, I do remember, you know, listening to podcasts early in the season, and obviously it was Milwaukee, it was Philadelphia, it was Boston, and it was Brooklyn even, and maybe a tiny bit of Toronto. You know, man, I'll give it a, I'll give it a four, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm sure we'll get more into this discussing the heat, heat culture, a lot more, but. In particular, you you couldn't any anybody I think rationally thinking couldn't fully count them out knowing that they're getting a top whatever you want to say Jimmy Butler he's before this playoff run he was top twenty five regardless so knowing that they got him and knowing that the culture they have in place meaning that they were all, these past few years since since Wade left, they were not supposed to be a top four seed, but they were always fighting and they were always possible upset for the Warriors or for the Cavs any night, the two best teams in the league, right? So I think given that and Jimmy Butler coming to the team, people shouldn't have and couldn't have written them off. But man, I wasn't I wasn't giving them a ton of stock in my head as a, as a finals contender. And I think most people were not. So you said four. I might surprise you here, but one of the cool things about having a sports show is that your picks are archived. Wow, that was a terrible voice crash. Holy (laughs) shit. What am I, 12 again? (laughs) Take two. You have your shit archived, right? Like you can go back and listen. I have it at a 7.5. Wow. I thought I'm also a piece of shit. I'm a degenerate. So I thought from a betting perspective, I was looking at the landscape of the league at the time, the bucks were a six seed, but the East was wacky where they can get to potentially the three seed. They were only like three and a half games. So back. You, you mean the heat? Yeah. I had okay. the, the heat at the time when I was having these conversations, I put out a roadmap to them avoiding Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about this is back in February, dude. Yes. This is like around the All-Star break. There was a roadmap for them to get the three seed because they were about three and a half, four games back with about 25 to go. And I was just looking at the landscape of that team and looking at the conference. I thought they could avoid Milwaukee until the Eastern Conference Finals, and there was a hedge opportunity, right? You're Mm -hmm. talking about 20 to 25 to 1 for them to win the East and then 50 to 1 for them to win the finals. That's a significant number. It wasn't like the Bucks where it was like minus 180 to win the East. Like the hedge opportunity there, you need to have a big bankroll in order to do yeah. so. So for me, dude, 
I loved the collection of grizzled vets with some young guys that have shown some spunk, right? Like there were guys yeah. that you could throw out there in meaningful minutes and also bam, taking that next step. Yeah. I also think when the restart happened, you take away Milwaukee's ability to be the home court advantage. Right. You also take away the Miami flu, which I mentioned in the past many times, right? Like Miami has one of the best records in postseason history when they play in Miami because, okay. yo, look, it's a party town, right? So you're there for three, yeah. four, five days in a row. You're not going to be in your hotel room the whole time. You're going to go out no. to South Beach. You're going to party. You're going to drink. You're going to have a good time. So you take that away from them too. And I thought that that might be a little concerning. But then when they go through Milwaukee the way they did, I thought at that point you had to take them even more serious. Like I was already mm-hmm. taking them serious. What about this for a thought with Miami? Do you think that COVID, the COVID break helped them a lot because it gave those young guys a chance to see what NBA minutes are like and big spots. And then, you know, like Tyler Hero is a rookie, but he ain't playing like a rookie. No, he ain't. You know, those are two very, two very good points I kind of want to touch on there. Um, the, the latest of what you said is, and I wanted to bring this up even before you asked, I honestly think that although I think it's a slight benefit for these younger players that there's there's no fans, there's no heckling opposing fans in the stadium, you know, obviously that's a plus. But I think the teams we ended up with were the teams we were bound to end up with. I don't think the bubble played a part, and I don't want to hear any excuses from people. Miami was a bad matchup for, for Milwaukee, but they thoroughly outplayed them in their schemes when Milwaukee couldn't have Giannis running to the rim and then dishing out. They didn't have anything to work with, and that's why we saw Milwaukee was able to win a game when Giannis went down because they changed up the play style, and, and Miami wasn't ready for the the change in scheme that they'd been prepping for and implementing for weeks. And then, you know, I think you see some of these other teams that made it. Uh, the You know, the Lakers completely earned home court the whole regular season, and then they didn't get any of the benefits of home court, and they still made it to the finals. So I do think – I do think there's something to be said about this helping out young players. I don't know if I'd necessarily put Tyler here on that because he seemed like the brightest lights could be on him and he'd still turn up. But I don't think that the bubble changed anything that we weren't already going to see. You know, I think with the heat, the other thing that's very important is this, this heat culture thing is a real, it's a real thing. Right. I wouldn't say that they get cast offs because that's not true, but they did something with Jimmy Butler that no other team was willing to do. And look, now the reports are all coming out like, oh, y'all thought he was a bad teammate. Yeah. Like, yo, he, he was kind of a dick, right? Like the way he handled that situation, both in Minnesota and with Philly, he was kind of an asshole. It doesn't mean he was wrong. When he yeah. took that the second stringers and beat the first team <laughs> with Minnesota, I think there was a big difference in both situations with Jimmy Butler. I think it's the age. I think, like, he was the grizzled vet, and he got paired up with these young guys who are still like, yo, I just got my first extension. I'm caking Facts. it now. 
I'm not really worried about winning because I got another 10 years in my prime where Jimmy Butler's on the wrong side of 30 and he's looking at it like, yo, let's, let's win. Like I want to go to a team that wants to win. And the one thing about Miami is sure. They might have a down year or two, but that down year for them is still 30 plus wins, which yeah. as a Nick fan, <laughs> sign me up, <laughs> but they have that culture where they're, it's always going to be attractive to free agents you have, as long as Pat Riley's there and Spolstra, you have that culture of winning and a trust in the players. Like, yo, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to trust what they're telling me because look at what they've done. Right. And that he, you got that heat culture. And I think that this bubble has done well for Bam Adebayo, where now he's, I don't know how many casuals knew about Bam, but he was a guy who, like the NBA, NBA Twitter knew about Bam for a while. Yeah. But I'd say not many casuals, though. Not many ca- Where now it's like, yo, he's he's probably, this might be a hot take, and there's going to be a couple of them throughout this episode. I think he might be the most important player on the Heat. I was thinking that too recently, bro. I was thinking that too. I mean, what did he put up yesterday? I don't have the exact stats in front of me. I think the it was like line was 30, 32 and, and 15 or some shit. It was, yeah. it was a high double digit, you know, double, double, mm-hmm. especially because there's maybe, there's maybe nine minutes left in the game or six minutes left in the game. And, and, uh, and Boston takes a six point lead and momentum is in their favor. And then you think you go into a game seven after you won the previous two, that Boston would feel more comfortable than Miami. And then Miami, Miami on the back of Bam, realistically, in the middle of the in the middle of the key, he uh, he led the comeback, if you will, and then it ended up being a blowout. I think he's the most important. Uh, it's difficult because you know you know what Jimmy brings as a leader, but the way they are running those off-ball screens for Duncan and Hero, and Butler isn't a big three-point shooter. Oftentimes, Bam is the is the one running plays in the middle. And so that combined with what he does as an anchor on the defensive end, he really may be the most important player on the team. And what, he's in his fourth year maybe? So it's incredible. They have a fantastic mix of grizzled vets and young bucks. Bam is, Bam is 23. Hero's wow. 20. Duncan Robinson is 26, but he's new to the league. Yep. Right. And then you got Jimmy Butler, 31, Dragic, 34. Right. Igu- getting Iguodala, I think, was big, too, because there's yeah. a guy who's been there, done that. Jay Crowder's and, cooled off, but he's he's up. he helped them immensely in the Milwaukee series. Right. Crowder also. Now you have the luxury of having multiple bodies you could just throw at guys like LeBron. Yeah. Now, we're not saying that they're going to stop LeBron James, but the, the different – the the key to defending LeBron James in the years that he's been in the league and the teams where I guess, quote unquote, he struggles against because you know, what's funny, man, with LeBron, LeBron will have 30, 11 and eight, or sorry, he'll have like 26, 11 and eight. And it's like a bad game. Like people yeah. will nitpick at that. So, I mean, Iguodala won finals MVP and LeBron, I think averaged a triple double in the finals. <laughs> like, I remember something... thinking LeBron deserved that one so badly, man. Even though they lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but historically going back to my main point, the way you, you 
throw him off his game, I think is the best way to put it, is when you throw multiple options at LeBron. So now they have Jay Crowder, Butler, Iguodala, Solomon Hill for like four minutes. Maybe like, <laughs> yo, go out there and follow him three times, you know, just to beat him up. Right? Yeah. Uh, you probably won't see him in this in this series, I don't think. But He's looking like Castaway. But I, I, I think between that and Bam and Tyler Hero taking that next leap is why the Miami Heat got here. Yeah. You know, another thing with historically, you know, like you said, quote unquote, stopping LeBron is, you know, you need the wing defenders to get up on him at the top. And then you need a big man in the middle to meet him at the rim. That's why Indiana was able to take him uh, seven games and in the Eastern conference final two years in a row and 13 and 14. That's why Andrew Bogut was often a problem. And so, you know, Iguodala did win that finals MVP, but it's often that a big guy who can defend the rim, and even if he can't do much much else, like Hibbert and Bogut, they can still cause LeBron problems. But LeBron has never had a player like AD before. And so if we want to segue into the finals matchup, I mean – there's tons of storylines. I don't know if you saw it too, Rachel Nichols, immediately, like her second question in the in the ceremony, quote unquote, because there's no fans there to, to Spolstra with the Heat winning the, the ECF. She asked him about LeBron. He's like, he's like, oh, well, we, we really have to go there? Like, there's some, there's some, I don't know. Obviously, you don't want to be asked about your opponent right away and the fact that he used to play for your team. And there is some, there's no love lost, I don't think, between Riley and LeBron and whatever. Storylines galore coming up in this series. Oh, dude, I think, I think the main storyline might be that, Riley and LeBron, because yeah. Pat Riley, who... The godfather. Yeah, also has ties to the Lakers, too. True. You know what I'm saying? I don't know saying? why I forgot like, about that. Yeah, yeah. So... Pat Riley, for those that don't remember, he had told uh, ESPN and many outlets how, first of all, he, did, he made it very clear that he was pissed off. Like, I love that. When a guy just comes out and be like, yo, man, I'm tight. He kind of like, yeah, he fucked us up. We, I, I saw a dynasty there. Right. And that's, that was his quote. I saw a dynasty fly out the window. Except I almost have never understood that quote, if I can cut you off, just because they, it was a, it was a finals record for how trounced the Spurs got the heat that year. Right. And, it, and, and Wade was injured. He had very bad knees and Bosch may have been hobbled a bit, but, but obviously Bosch was not a number two option like Wade was. And so going into that summer beyond LeBron wanting to the big ad buy of I'm coming home and I'm going to bring a championship back to Cleveland. I don't know if it made sense for him to stay in Miami besides Besides that, you know, they're a good, a great organization and a good culture to bring other stars there and to make it work. When Riley says, I saw a dynasty go out the window, it's like, it's like beyond LeBron still being in his prime, Wade wasn't, Bosch wasn't, where was the dynasty? Well, I think that goes back to the whole heat culture thing. It's just to counter your point about with Riley and Spolstra there, if you have LeBron in place. Yeah. And you just say, like, yo, look, these guys are kind of shot. They're on the back nine, maybe the back four of their career. Yeah. 
we could still bring people here. Yeah. Because first of all, we're Miami. People are gonna come here regardless. <laughs> but now we got you to dangle. Like, yo, LeBron's still here, so That's I feel him on that. And also, yo, they helped him get over the hump. For as much as he helped them, which he did, right? I think absolute. I think the best LeBron James run was that year where they won like 26 games in a row, 27. Yeah, 27. Was it, was it 2012? It might have been 2012. It was the year after they lost to the Mavericks. Like, you, I think it may have been 2013, the year 20, after they beat the Thunder, and then they have this historic, historic run. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings your food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your order, zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Yeah, 2013. Wow, good call. So it was after they beat the Thunder. Right, which is surprising because they already got that taste. And I, I do agree with you that they helped LeBron get over the hump. So I I get that from Riley. Like, yo, you kind of stabbed me in the back. Like you were you were gonna go down. I mean, it's hard to say that. Like, um, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So I hate mm-hmm. saying that, but what I what I want to get across now, it's you know, what would have happened if he never went to Miami? Has he won championships? Would he have started this run of going to so many finals? Like he right. also went there when he was 25, 26 years old. Like he kind of became the player he is now in the sense of understanding what it takes to win, going to multiple finals, being in right. the trenches. And from that standpoint, I think Riley being furious and LeBron being offended by that too, because on the flip side, LeBron is like, yo, bro, I helped win these championships. <laughs> it wasn't just y'all, I was out there. Yeah. So I feel him on that. I think it's the most compelling storyline for me. Which one would you say is yours? So, so of this series specifically. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, look, uh, b- before people start tweeting at me, we didn't really spend too much time on how the Lakers got here to the finals because the Lakers were the favorite, them and the Clippers throughout. Yeah. So the Lakers getting here is not as much as a surprise as the Heat were. So yes, that's why I'm kind of just passing over it. Right, right. Okay. Absolutely, it's LeBron against Riley. Mm. Pat Riley's up up in the stands. He doesn't do a ton of talking. But, man, the aura behind him. That's why they call him the godfather. You know, it's, it's interesting. I don't, think, I don't think LeBron holds a lot of animosity for Riley, and I, and I don't 
think even though Riley has made those statements, I don't think he has a ton of animosity for LeBron too. Uh, even if it's slight in, uh, in indignant feeling like, you know, why'd you have to do that? You know, we could have done, we could have, you could have stayed for more than four years at least. I think it's different at least than how LeBron feels towards Dan Gilbert. Like, like, bro, you don't, you don't belong in the same room with me, but it is fascinating because these are two all time greats and not just players. And, uh, you know, the matchups are going to be, are going to be incredibly interesting. Bam versus AD. This is, you know, AD's older, but this is both of their first times in the limelight. It is, uh, it's Butler against LeBron and they have a bit of history with, Mm. with, uh, Cleveland against Chicago. And, uh, and then it's and then it's how much can can Miami supporting cast make up for, you know, maybe you could say their lack of superstar talent. Um, I I agree that that it's the LeBron versus Riley thing that takes the cake. Lakers are in the finals for the thirty second time in franchise history. Just seems so ridiculous, right? Like it does thirty two times. I get bro. There's some franchises that have it that the fan base has it so good and they have no idea what like bro the Knicks what I think pain the, is. Yeah, like you don't know what pain is, fam. You know, you haven't won a championship since 2010. It was the last time that you were in the finals, I should say. Yeah. And for you to have the audacity to just like not be able to withstand three bad seasons <laughs> is kind of offensive to me. I hear you. Then again, Lakers fans will say those are some those were some rough 10 years or, you know, whatever. Kobe gave him, Kobe gave him some good years, even though they had that tumultuous season with Dwight, mm. they still made the playoffs. But man, if you think about some of the teams that LA trotted out there, it was bad. And then it gets into the argument of, you know, when you're, when you're used to success and you're used to, to the glamor and, you know, operating, you know, even if so this goes back to Miami again, even if you're struggling because your stars left or your stars get injured, you're still operating cohesively and mm-hmm. with a culture intact. Miami has been doing that since 2014, even though they didn't make the finals. But the Lakers have not. Last season was incredibly dysfunctional. The year before that, several years before that, I mean, you look at some of the players they trotted out there it's like it's embarrassing for the lakers well and so that just you know i hear you too i'm not um i'm not a knicks fan so so i can't i can't say how how much pain is felt there but i think there's a there's a point that lakers fans would make that like look we're, we're used to this so when there was a sustained level of seeing absolute crap teams that we're, we, you know, we're allowed to celebrate that it's now been five years since we've, since we've smelled anything close to greatness. I also want to mention the heat are making their six finals appearance, but it's the first time that Wade will not be featured. Remember he got there in 06 and won the title when they beat the Mavs, And then that run there with LeBron, let's get into talking about this series as, as we start to wind down. I think what you mentioned before in passing was probably how I think a lot of people are going to sum up this series. And 
I think that's the biggest X factor when I'm looking at it. It's, it's the star power is clearly on the Lakers side, but I think one through nine, and it was why I was on the heat all year as a sleeper. Mm. They have a lot of guys that they could throw out and be comfortable with. You could throw them out there and you know, you can trust in big spots. Now they're battle tested going through this playoff run too. So it's, it's a style of the superstars in LA versus the top to bottom. I would say they're the better team, Yeah, but the firepower that the Lakers have at the top is why I think people think that the Lakers are the better team. That's just, yeah. if that makes sense. Does it, that? Does, it does make sense. It does make sense. I I will say that one, I think the NBA should be really happy that this is how the finals matched up. Even though Celtics Lakers is a historic rivalry, I think this is more exciting. We mm. talked about some of the narratives, some of the storylines going in. I think Second, if the Lakers are playing up to their potential, which we have seen in them in many games this playoffs, they they have to be worried, but but I don't think Lakers fans should be worried if they're playing up to scratch. And three, I think even though that is that is a great point, look, we we see that LeBron's greatness isn't just isn't just because of his skill and because of his strength we see it's because of his iq and the way he can control a game the pace of the game and in many series or even regular season games he knows how to hunt the weakest defender on the floor and so you know boston even did it a bit but boston has no lebron like these are this is two questions i would ask what does miami do they have the shooters on the floor with hero and robinson but if the Lakers keep switching to get one of those guys on LeBron, can they keep those two players on the floor? And two, let's say the Lakers continue with the starting lineup or even their closing lineup of AD and Dwight. How does Miami counter that? You know, you could put Bam in a, on AD if the Lakers decide to go, quote-unquote, small with AD at the five. But what if the Lakers choose to keep Dwight out there? What, do, what does Miami do? Yeah, it's a contrast of styles, right? Like the mm-hmm. I think I think that the Heat have a lot of mismatches to throw at the Lakers, but I think when the Lakers have the mismatch, the gap is so much wider. Yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, like for as great as Tyler Hero has been, and he's really emerged to be like a legitimate guy in the league when he switches on to LeBron, it's going to be food for LeBron. LeBron's going to be yeah. looking at that like, yo, this 20-year-old is going to come on, man. This is too easy. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, and as I'm looking at the betting odds here, like the per Caesars Palace in Vegas, uh, minus 440 to win the finals while the Lakers, meaning you got to put up $440 to win 100. So they're a heavy, heavy favorite. Right. Uh, I've heard some people say that the Heat are showing some flashes of Pistons 04. Are you mm. buying that? Where, again, going back to what I mentioned, top to bottom, they probably have a better team, and their their team is probably better. 
But similar uh, and oddly enough with the Lakers, it's the Lakers again in this situation. And you you had Shaq and Kobe then, but then you have AD and LeBron. Are you buying into that at all? Well, they don't have the defense of those Pistons. That's one big, that's one big uh, difference. The other biggest difference even is that LeBron and AD are best friends. I mean, they might be the two best friends that are both stars in the league. I mean, maybe Lillard and McCollum, I don't know. But LeBron and AD genuinely love each other and build each other up. And so, you know, that Pistons against the Lakers series, the Pistons showed such defensive prowess and resolve that I think the lack of the co- the lack of cohesiveness with the Lakers is what brought them down that year. And then Miami, I mean, you know, we're talking about it. Tyler Hero has cemented himself as an actual dude in the league, like you said. And in a couple of years, he could legitimately be a star. But he doesn't have the defensive abilities of the Pistons or some other underrated teams we could look at. And so I think those are big differences. I don't think you can write the heat off, but I do think, is LeBron nervous about Crowder guarding him? No. Is he nervous about Butler guarding him? Not really. And this might, even though Bam is an absolute star, if Bam is otherwise concerned and i and i think bam is a, is the third best big man in the league but if he's concerned wow. with another big man or lebron getting to the rim i think this could be you know ad had that breakout shot we could look about look at this series in a year or a couple years and say this was ad's coming out party and when people fully acknowledge him as one two or three best players in the league you know I'm I'm kind of conflicted here because I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat win, but I'm not going to pick them. And I also have some 2012 Thunder vibes with them. Mm. Where if you remember that Thunder team, that was a is, scary team. That was a scary team. They had a lot of talent, especially if you look at it now, right? Like, again, yeah. hindsight 2020, but you had a lot of MVPs. Uh, Ibaka was still a beast. Ibaka, oh, Ibaka was, was the reason beast. why they traded Harden away. Yeah. Because they said, yo, we have Russ already at guard. We don't have another big like Ibaka. So the guy yeah. that was expendable was James Harden. That 2012 team surprise a lot of people remember they beat the spurs mm-hmm. i think they even came back yeah they came back against the spurs they get to the finals but that was a really young core it now, was here the young core you have some butler you have some Dragic and Igodala. maybe that'll help them i think it will but i do think like there's levels to this and i think that lebron it might be too much for them. I'm thinking yeah. I'm thinking you can also see something where Tyler Hero now is on cloud nine. And let's not forget, this guy is 20. Yeah. And, yeah, he's going to have the luxury of not having to go into L.A. and having the crowd turn on him and whatnot. Remember the one thing you would always hear in the past is, 
role guys play better at home because they right. don't need to, right? And then that's where your superstars are superstars because LeBron could go into Golden State and put up 30. But, yeah. you know, that, that 21 points from Kyle Korver Cor- in Cleveland, you can't bank on that when he goes exactly. into Golden State. So, with me, my official prediction is going to be Lakers in five. But I do think it's going to be very similar to the Thunder series in 2012 where that Thunder team lost in five, but bucket at the buzzer, uh, four-point yeah. loss here. They stole one. Yeah, didn't – if I'm not mistaken, they won game one and then we're, we're leading in game two. So right, right. Go up to Exactly well. how that went down. So that's how I feel about this series. I do think that Tyler Hero sets up to be the James Harden of this series. If you remember, like, he completely no-showed in that series. Yeah, yeah. And he was the reason why they beat the Spurs that year. So I just have a lot of flashes between the two sides here. So It's a very interesting analogy. My official prediction is Lakers in five. And as a LeBron truther and supporter, I am very happy that that will be the case. Yeah. I think it's a it's a brilliant um comparison to the 2012 team and you know to to reflect on that even those those that Thunder team came back to beat the Spurs and granted the Spurs hadn't won in a few years but but their core their nucleus had won a championship and that was a veteran team and then so Going into that finals, I'm a LeBron homer. It would be terrified of that Thunder team because look at what they just did against another veteran team. They, uh, LeBron hadn't won yet. And so and so, in many senses, that Thunder team scared me a lot more than this Heat team does. Um, yeah, I, I'm tempted to take Lakers in five as well. Part of me wants to take them in six because anything can happen and – just like just like the Nuggets weren't giving anything up, I think the Heat are not going to give you a game at all. It's going to be extremely fascinating. I think another point that you made about about the gambling aspect of it is that there's something to be said about the gambler's mindset where, like, earlier in the season you said because the odds are so low that making the playoffs, that's part of the reason why you got into that and why you kind of chose them there. So it's like for, for those of us who aren't betting as much, do mm-hmm. we, do we think of things like that? Because that opportunity isn't tangible in front of us because we're not trying to bet. And so well, people are going to bet on Miami, but I wouldn't bet against LeBron. Hell no. Right. Right. You see, so that's, that's actually exactly what the situation is always like. There's a complete different distinction between what, what's going to happen, what you think is going to happen, and what could potentially happen due to the odds. Mm -hmm. Like there are certain bets that you make because the numbers are right. I think we were on together when I talked about Portland at the time. Portland, I bet them to win the finals when they still weren't even going to make the playoffs, the playing game, because they they were 80 to 1 odds. When they go into game one against the Lakers, they're 30 to one odds. So I got $50 more on that bet. Gun to my head, no, that wasn't the, the 
pick that I would make. But from a betting perspective, that's where the value was on. And value is another term that people just throw out and they don't really understand what it really means. So, yeah, a lot of my decision into picking the Heat was, did I like the roster? Absolutely. Did I see the potential upside if these young guys took the next step? Absolutely. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that the betting didn't influence my decision in that. Whereas now, I don't think there's any value on the Heat because I don't see it logically happening where they win the finals. But I did see the roadmap for them to get to the finals. Right. Yeah, that's a, that was very well said. And it's just like there's a whole other topic about the fact that they played so much zone, which AD, AD's shooting numbers, and I, once again, don't have them in front of me, are absolutely ridiculous this playoffs. From the regular season, he's up to three-point per- shooting percentage, his mid-range. And so if they do happen to want to run zone again, like they had success against the Celtics, AD in the middle of the floor, forget about it. I'm just trying to think of of what advantages Miami has besides depth. LeBron is more rested going into this finals than I think and feel very confident he ever has been going into a finals. He's playing the least minutes he has. AD is rested and for all intents and purposes healthy. And so I'm just trying to think beyond the better shooting and depth, which are two very real and big things, they almost don't seem that important in this series just because LeBron and AD are that transcendent. And so it's tough. It's tough to, to reckon with in my head of why I would possibly take Miami over LA. Cause you can't, like you said, you can't bank on a huge hero game. You can't necessarily bank on a huge Dragic game. KCP has been playing extremely well. Mm-hmm. And LA has the size. They can go small. They have the two better stars. And then, you know, Jimmy Butler has such incredible value. But if I need 40 from him one game get back to betting how much how much money can you put on that i don't know what what advantages do you see any advantages for for miami besides kind of what we've touched on already not really man i think i think for them to win this series it's it's gonna be if they win one game it'll be where they hit like 23s right like yes robinson and hero just catch fire and like maybe butler's feeling it like it has to be something where they they take like 53s and hit like 20 of them like a really right. high efficient percentage from 3 right. the other one could be maybe a foul trouble game maybe bam could get him into foul trouble like an anthony davis That's obviously true. you don't wish injury on anyone but the injury factor is is something very important that could happen to anybody yeah i think with lebron being rested i think lebron looking at this now with no disrespect to miami he's probably like man i avoided the clippers I avoided Milwaukee. I avoided Toronto even. Like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. defending champion. Toronto gave him difficulties this year, LA. This might be the easiest roadmap he has to winning his his championship. So Mm. 
that's kind of where I'm at with, with this yeah. whole thing. And uh, we're right around the time where I told you I wanted to keep you. Got a busy day ahead of us for both of us. Conrad, my guy, thank you for coming through in the clutch. You're the man. Uh, tell me what's going on, bro. You working on anything on Culture Hub? Like, what's going on over there? Man, first off, appreciate it. Glad to hop on. I'm extremely excited for this finals, and so it's cool to to reflect on how we got here. Like you said, what I'm working on right now, man, daily grind at Culture Hub, producing content that, you know, I and we feel really passionate about. Um, I'm very tapped into the cannabis lane right now, you know, reviews, features on certain CEOs and kind of finding equity in that uh in that industry that's something i'm i'm working on now and uh yeah that's it man where's uh what's the social media for people to find you it is con c-o-n underscore h9 on twitter and instagram you know hit me up and always down to talk basketball Basketball first, soccer second, any other sport from there, really. I love this shit, man. I feel that. I feel that. That's how we connected with the soccer love. Yes. Uh, Yo, that uh, that episode you had with the Narcos guys. Oh, thanks, man. Immaculate, yeah, that, man. Thank you. Thank you, dude. That Listen, nothing turns me on more than when people compliment me on my podcast. So that, <laughs> uh, that definitely was cool. But yeah, man, look, sure. everyone, everyone got their own, like, I like to call it like strange obsessions. I am like obsessed with the cartel life of the 80s and 90s. Mind you, I've never smoked weed. I've never <laughs> done any drugs. So it's not like I'm a weed head and I'm like, yo, or, or, or anything like that. But I've just always been fascinated by it. Thank you for the cheap plug. If you guys haven't checked that out, please go. There's some episodes that are for me. And then there's other episodes that I do for all of you guys that listen. This one was a little bit of both. But yeah. the pie chart was more for me. Like, this was like <laughs> some bucket list shit. So go and check that out. And as we sign off to the members of the Patreon, shout out to Orvica, Derek Pleates. Oh, Derek, by the way, shouts to you, man. Heat Nation. My guy is Heat Nationed up. Corey Johnson Hoops, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, and Ryan Pisner. Bills Mafia at 3-0. Congrats. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you guys later this week. The wait is finally over. Football is back. Though you might not be able to go to a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on this season with their opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's one word, all one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online you you sportsbook experts. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got? Uh, this one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget, yeah.
This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.